0: Hello and welcome to the Not-For-Profits podcast. Um, We are your hosts. I'm Trina Parham.
1: And I'm David Devon.
0: And we are two black seasoned professionals um, that have worked for years in the nonprofit industry. And um, today we're talking about career breaks and sabbaticals. And so this is something that, I don't know about you, David, this is something (laughs) you and I have both been through. And so... um, I don't know that a lot of nonprofit professionals talk about their experience with needing a career break or taking a sabbatical, whether it's due to burnout or just wanting to make a career change or something like that. And so, um, as I said, Dave and I both had this experience, so that is what we're talking about today. Uh, so, David, if you want to um, kick us off with any thoughts that you want to share just about Taking career breaks for nonprofit professionals or sabbaticals?
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say that that mine, the one that I took in my last role, was really about burnout. It was not a plan. <laughs> it was not like a put together a roadmap and and realizing you know I'm on the way to uh, uh, you know no longer being able to support my mental physical health. It was more like I need to get out because this is unhealthy. And so what led me to it was really not sleeping, having some medical issues, realizing that every time there was a new opportunity at work, um, it felt like something, an additional burden as opposed to something exciting um, Mm. that was added to my kind of my being, my spirit. But uh, yeah, what about you? What, what, What led you to... Taking that break.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, A really horrible experience with a boss um, that you know well. So David and I actually used to work together. Um, And for me, it was also triggered by uh, my mom had passed away. Mm -hmm. And although in retrospect, I had been in burnout for years. I had been burned out for years, but um, didn't really know that's what was happening to me. And it was it really peaked and was exacerbated by um, my last job and dealing with that boss and a lot of other things that were happening. I was also having um, some physical issues. I was having trouble sleeping, similar to many of the symptoms that you mentioned. And it just got to, it just reached the fever pitch and I couldn't take it anymore. And so I started planning my exit So I was, you know, getting my ducks lined up. I was, you know, moving the finances around. I was, you know, talking to my partner about, you know, how he needed to step up so I could step back. You know, (laughs) we were having all those kind of conversations. And then I ended up just leaving like much earlier than I thought I was because I just couldn't take it. Like I almost, I just had like a breakdown, not like an official like nervous breakdown or anything like that, but I just, I just could not do another thing I couldn't last another moment and so I ended up taking uh taking a career break which ended up lasting for over a year for me Mm -hmm. so that's what led me there um when Yeah. yeah when did you um when did you start getting how long did you do you feel like your your break actually lasted before you started like working again and getting back into your your thing
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to actually step back for a second about the plan. Even though there wasn't an official plan, thank you for sharing what you shared, because I did start having those conversations with my partner. You know, I'm thinking about doing this. And there was also kind of a, I don't even know if I was conscious of it, but there was a recognition of, because I was at the place before for almost five and a half years. And then this place only for about two years and two months, my most recent role. Where I was like, I don't want it to get to four or five years yeah. of being in this place. So yeah, there was that, that recognition of like, I need to leave a little, need to leave earlier to preserve as much as I can of my well-being and other things. Um, But yeah, to your question, I think when I left... Well, I want
0: to I go back to that for a second. Yeah. What was... What was the conversation like with your partner? Like was it a was it a hard conversation or was it a I'm doing this and we need to figure it out type of thing?
1: Yeah, it, I I think I was more nervous about where the conversation could go just because of you know identifying as a man, being a black man, what does it mean to not be working? What does it mean to like take time and and to focus on your well-being? I think it was a lot more the voices in my head and the societal kind of conditioning and pressures that made me um, be nervous about the conversation, but then the actual conversation went great. It was, yes, you know, yes, you've been earning more, you've been spending more and supporting more in the household, you know, is it okay if we, you know, take a pause and take a, you know, look at what would a switch look like in terms of you taking on more? But I also, because in the role I, you know, I had making, you know, good amount in the six figures, where I had saved. I -hmm. had cash, had 401k, 403b, a Roth IRA, like other things where if needed, I could fall back on. Um, So it wasn't kind of a dire situation. It was more me being in my own way about what it would mean for myself to step back. Is that a defeat as opposed to a chosen path (laughs) to my own redemption? You know, what what does this mean?
0: Yes. And I think it's really important to be honest and transparent about how we were able to fund this, because I think for a lot of folks listening to us right now, that's a question that a lot of people have is, yes, I would love to take a career break. I would love to take a step back, but how can I afford it? And so I know for me, a big part was, um, as I said, just having a partner to lean on um, who could pick up a lot of the bills. Also, after my mom passed away, you know, she left me a nest egg. And that was a big, that was a big support. And just knowing that I had that available and of course having my own savings and, you know, retirement, you know, accounts and things like that, but still just knowing I had that, that nest egg from my mom, that if something happened that I really could fall back on this. And, and that's something I would have never done though. Even if I would have had that before, I would have never not worked. I'd been working since I was 14 years old. I'd always had a job. And so that scared me more than anything of thinking, okay, I'm not on my own two feet here. Mm-hmm. And as you know, as a black woman, you know, it's like, hey, we're we're out here. You know, we're always working. We're always hustling. We're always doing the thing. And so the idea that I wouldn't be doing that Um, it was tricky. It was really tricky. But, you know, my conversation with my partner went well. He totally got it. And my conversation with him was more like, look, this is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And so um, I need you to get on board with my plan. Yes. And figure out um, how you're going to navigate taking over and just contributing more. And that's just all I can tell you. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was more my conversation. But I know for me, a big thing was I didn't really tell anybody I didn't really tell anybody that I was doing this. I was afraid of not even just being judged for it, but, you know, it was happening just as COVID was happening. I was already in it by that point. I had been three or four months into my career break by the time COVID started. And so, um, you know, I was already on this break. But um, just knowing how many people were either wanting to step away from work or just in the world in general where people were struggling financially it was just like it just wasn't the move for me to just be talking about i'm doing this thing that for some people would have seen excessive yes to be able to take that time for myself and so for me it was like i know how i feel i know i literally cannot do another thing and i need to rest Mm -hmm. and i'm just gonna rest and do that so like even my family didn't know that i wasn't working i didn't tell them to like a year later
1: wow Yeah. And those those dynamics, you know, I don't know if that's like within family, within within, you know, our communities of like that sort of conversation. But, yeah, I was actually talking with with my my dad about, you know, my uncles and, you know, him being in a all basically all my uncle, one of my uncles passed, but all of them being in government jobs with some sort of benefit pension thing for 30 years yeah yeah (laughs) so talking about oh i need to take take (laughs) take time away you know get it 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 was yeah yeah so yeah and, and to your question earlier i really from june 2021 really till january february 2022 i didn't really do anything officially but it was a lot of um like community, I would call it community and family-related things. So mm-hmm. someone needs help with a document, someone's reapplying for college and needs you know, needs some help with X, Y, and Z, someone's interviewing for jobs and they want to do some practice interviews or for me to help them with their resume. It was like that's the sort of way that I was staying you know, connected to my purpose and, and to the work, but doing any sort of independent consulting or that sort of thing, it was really like six, seven months of not doing – anything like that it was massage it was trips body work uh therapy um family time which was complicated and great in its own in its own ways right um but yeah what about you what did you focus on in that in that year for yourself
0: i honestly i slept for about six months Mm. and i thought that after the first three months I assumed I would be right as rain and just ready to go into my next thing. And it did not happen. And I felt like every time I tried to push myself to do the next thing, my body would resist hard. And also I was recovering from two knee surgeries. So in addition to, you know, recovering from burnout, I was, my body was physically recovering and it was taking my knee a long time to heal. So Mm -hmm. that was part of it as well. But For those six months, I didn't do anything. I really just slept. I slept. I relaxed. I rested. um, I just fed. I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And it was hard. It was hard mentally, even though I needed it. And on this, on the other side of it now, I can see, okay, it was such a short period of time, even thinking like this this was a year of my life. But those six months of just rest, it was... And I realized how long it took me that time, that amount of time to just come down and to really decompress yeah. and to not have the, the Sunday scaries anymore of like, oh, dreading going to work on Monday. It took my mind that long to just get out of that habit. Mm-hmm. So I think those that time was resting um, that year was also really um, disconnecting from the stress and the, the, the anxiety and dread that I felt about work. So I felt my body coming down from that. And then after that, it was um, spending time with family, um, reading, um, going to therapy, <laughs> spending time outside, um, and really just not, just being unproductive, leisure time. I was often thinking about what my next thing would be. Okay. But when I would get too far down the track because I knew I wasn't ready to do anything, I was just like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not doing this. Yeah. And so I, I embraced it. It took me eight or nine months to really embrace it. But um, once I really embraced it, I was just reading and doing, watching Netflix, (laughs) you know, and all those kinds of things just to um, enjoy that time. Because I, and I think I got to the point where I eventually just trusted that when the, when I was ready for the next thing, I would be ready. Yes. And I would actually do the work, you know, that fear of, oh, I'm just being lazy or I'm I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna be productive again or anything like that. Those are some of the thoughts that were coming up for me that did not happen.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if you, if you experienced this, but people saying some version of like, oh, you're so brave. Oh yeah. For doing this. Uh And it was, it was really interesting too how, um, I, you know, I haven't been working since I was 14, but I've been working since I think going to college, you know, having a level of privilege where I was not working as a teenager. But the amount of people <laughs> when I left my job who were very interested in me not working, who never asked me a single question about my work all mm. since I've been working since college, since graduating college, being in, you know, in D.C. and maternal and child health and, and you know. Big NGO, doing investment consulting when I first graduated, doing um, nonprofit work in food justice and food systems economic development. Not one question, but then were very concerned and interested in me not working. Mm. Um, so I had to also just recognize that that was their stuff and not mine. Right. Um, and that was in those initial few months. It was mi- that mixed with my own self worth related to not working that would come up all the Sunday scaries and the nightmares of just like detangling all of the, that kind of institutional connection that was there. Yes. That was just, it took a while to, to get that out of my, you know, the the front of my brain really, Mm -hmm. um, to the point, you know, when we used to talk about vacations, that it's like, okay, you have a week long vacation. It takes three days from detect to detach from work have that middle ground where it feels good yeah, yeah and then you have about two days where you start to like put the armor on because you're heading back in yes yes it was just like a longer version <laughs> of that process and um but yeah yeah and, and and it just it just it helped me recognize how many things were not working for me in yeah. that last role mm-hmm. um values alignment uh, like I said, not being excited about a project, even though the content was so interesting and there was so much promise because you're so concerned about how you're going to navigate the institutional waters to, to make the impact that you want to see happen and to engage in the ways that you want to see you want to, to, to engage. Um, Absolutely. Yeah,
0: I think for me, too, I wasn't I think and this is where you and I might have had a different experience and. Um, is I was not interested in the work I was doing Mm. I had no desire to keep going I think that was another thing that pushed me was in addition to the burnout that I felt I wanted to be doing something else but I didn't know what Mm -hmm. so that was part of my push as well it's like I want to figure out what my next thing is going to be and I've you know I've worked in I've worked in nonprofits. I've worked in city government. I also had a business previous to the leadership coaching business that I run now. And so that was a big part of it for me, too, was I actually it's not that I didn't care about the subject matter of the work um, of the places where I worked, but it wasn't my work. Mm-hmm. And so um, now the skills that I had as a leader, though that was my work that I that I liked. I liked those parts of it. But overall, I, I didn't really care. Mm-hmm. So I think that was one thing that um, that allowed me to, to pull out. And so a lot of my time um, was spent really in reflection and thinking yes. about um, what was next and allowing it to emerge because I didn't have to worry about the pressure of picking my next thing right away. So I was able to have that time of letting it emerge. And I, I think... Um, even as we're talking about this right now, the idea of taking a career break and sabbatical can seem um, almost like navel gazing or self indulgent, but it really isn't. I assure you. Um, like I said, for me, my, um, I mean, I cannot, I can't fully articulate the the pain and that I was in and the pressure and the burnout and the depletion and exhaustion that I felt. I mean, it was so intense that I really just could not do anything else. Yeah. And so I'm fortunate that I had the resources that I had, but I mean, I was really not well.
1: Yeah. And and on that what what were some of the I don't know those insights, even though <laughs> it wasn't navel-gazing, but what were the things that you started to learn about yourself personally and your relationship to work, um, you know, just labor in general? Um, how, what role that's played in your life?
0: That's a really, really good question, and honestly something I'm still trying to unpack. But one of the things that became the questions that I started asking myself and what I started to realize was um, my definition of success and what it really meant to me. And so I knew I wanted to go back into entrepreneurship and having another business, Um, so that was something that was important to me. And I had this moment where I realized, no matter all the jobs that I've had, and I've, I've worked at places for long periods of time, but there was no position that I was striving for or aiming for. Like there was no title, there was no role that I felt like, oh yes, I want that. Mm-hmm. And so that began my, where I really started to think about is how to redefine work and success for myself. How much money do I really need to live a good life? You know, what is going to be mostly fulfilling for me? And the other thing is I need to be doing something where I have a lot of free time. Yeah, You know, i I am not interested in working at a pace that is going to stress me out. Mm -hmm. And that was something that became really pronounced for me is I want to live a calmer, more peaceful life. And I've always had roles where I was, you know, it was either crisis management or working, you know, fast paced environments, which I, you know, I know that phrase is code for stress. Um, Now I know that, but, and, and not that I didn't handle it. I did, but it just, all those things compounding and coming together, come to a head, just, you know, was, made me get to the place where I burned out. But mm-hmm. those are the questions that I was asking myself around success, around money, around title, around positions, and what those things meant for me, and if I had to have those things to feel successful. Mm-hmm. And even now, I see a lot of my my peers who have kept going, and, you know, they're making great money but I'm like I don't want any of that other than the the salary it's like no I have no desire to be in that position or to do that work or to be under duress or to be in that environment I I don't want to have that anymore Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that a lot of that resonates and I think the 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 biggest thing was you know because we were doing you know I'm also a leadership coach and Advisor, you know, all the different words, but <laughs> um, but when you ask me those questions of when I was leaving, you know, what what do you want to ask yourself before you fic- you pick your next thing? and what do you want to ask that next institution, partnership, collaboration before you um, decide to like connect yourself to them? Because I don't think I was, and I'm, this is all to say, I don't think I was in a place of really vetting institutions, of really understanding who they are, what their kind of metronome is, what, what's the pace, what's their, their rhythm. It was more about the, the topics they were working on, the potential prestige of the name of the institution, what the access allowed me to do. But it wasn't really questions of like my own well-being. Mm-hmm. And what would it be like for me to be inside? And and what that really led me to in the time away during the sabbatical was to be able to really separate what were the things that were kind of a part of the way that it inst- the institution ran? And then what were my things? Mm-hmm. What were my own things around whether it was perfectionism or anxiety or trying to put uh, people first before myself or like all of that stuff. What was mine and what were the things that I carried into that job and what were the things that they were very comfortable with imposing and pretending like it wasn't happening. So I think that was something that was really, really helpful during that time was to get clear as to like no matter where I go, what I might be carrying with me and what I can do to start like supporting myself in you know changing those behaviors changing narratives that sort of thing
0: and what conclusions if any did you come to about work uh the role that you want to have next the positions anything like that
1: yeah so the where this really came up for me is i was doing some work with with another leadership coaching um organization and part of my work is that they sent me to the Race Forward Conference in Phoenix. That was November 2022. So this is, you know, I had stopped the sabbatical. had started doing work and, and started doing leadership coaching as well. And there was this very interesting slash uncomfortable debate <laughs> throughout the entire conference that was all about if we rest, if we think about our well-being, if we think about... Who we are as humans within this work around social justice, racial justice, can we win? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to be resting ourselves like to defeat by the right, you know, sort of conversation. you know, so every every single panel had some version of, we need to get back to like grinding and pushing and everything to win. And then others saying, yes, we're already doing that. We are winning. That's why we're seeing the other side act like they're a cornered dog, mm. <laughs> doing everything they can to lash out. Um, and what and we, there was a lot about rest. And what it made me realize is, me not being in one of those director level roles that's really seven roles,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and having a my own LLC, you know, Strive Equity Consulting. I'm coaching leadership development, you know, not working nine, 10 hours a day, but, you know, only recording eight or six (laughs) because Mm -hmm. of those pressures. Um, This is a form of rest. That me not being in that type of, you know, quote-unquote fast-paced environment where you need to save the world every hour of every day, um, whether it's through creating an agenda or putting on a community engagement exercise, um, an event. And so just that, what it made me realize is the pace of having my own thing, even though you're kind of trading anxieties and worries is a form of rest, is a form of incorporating rest into the way that I work. And I think that was the, the, the one of the biggest lessons was to, yeah, to structure the work to really allow for my own um, kind of fulfillment and, and the pace that made sense.
0: I think that's a really great reframing of rest and i think it's uh it's really a model that a lot of people can use when they think about doing that type of work any type of social justice oriented work or working in any kind of nonprofit where you know you really care about the mission you know there are ways in which you can rest to keep going and i i think for me what i realized around that was that i've i've done my part <laughs> In that, in that way, in the part and in the way of having to hustle and grind to move this agenda forward. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, get somebody else to do it. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing it in my own way, which is the work that I do with leaders and, and all of that. But what I have learned in this process is I am my first priority. Yes. And I know for black folks, that can be a contentious idea but as a black woman, uh, we've done our work. So I'm here for black women resting. That is, um, that is my cause. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think about all of, the, all of the marches, and I think about all of the organizing and everything that I did throughout my life. It was a lot of time. And I don't regret it. I'm glad that I had the chance to do it. And now it's time for others to step up because there's some people that have not been doing the work. There's some folks that didn't wake up until George Floyd got killed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm sorry for those of us who have been here for the last 25 years or however long it's been. Um, it's time for someone else to step up. And that's that's my perspective. And again, I I do things in my own way, but you know, my priority is you know, my own peace, freedom. And now that does dovetail into community, which is part of why I'm here having these conversations with you and talking about this because I do want to be supportive of other leaders. That's just my own personal ethos and where I got to personally and I help and and contribute in other ways that don't require so much of my energy in that way. Mm -hmm. But I do recognize that this is a spectrum and there are some folks who they need to be in there. They need to be grassroots organizing. They need to be do all of that. And there's other people that need to be writing checks. Yeah. And there's some folks that need to be resting and then I'll send a check for this and then I'm going to fall back and go work on my alpaca farm and whatever. (laughs) (laughs) that's it. And so, and I think we have to be able to hold that duality and not punish black people, specifically black women for making those choices.
1: Yes. Yes. And um, I, yeah, I can't even uh, imagine the, uh, you know, being a black man, having, being able to say, Hey, I'm putting myself first when you're getting all of these requests, all of these expectations, (laughs) Trina of like, this is how I need you to show up and how I've expected you to show up. And it's kind of not allowed <laughs> for you to show up in a different way. But but yeah, that, that that piece about there's different roles. There's the stepping up, the stepping back. There's the, the recognition that people can't be on 10 at all times right. for decades. And, and that's something that also came up at the conference. And I know someone I used to uh, collaborate with in a city who passed away i think at 44 wow. was an organizer and it's like this isn't this can't that's not winning
0: absolutely. right absolutely
1: that's not winning and even though they were able to help so many people and all of that stuff it's like that's that that can't be um the expectation because even though there is a lot of work to do to move towards sovereignty liberation whatever you want to call it for our community and our people, um, it can't be with us in, in a state of chronic ailments across the board.
0: <laughs> exactly. And, and I would even add to that that my joy is my priority. Mm-hmm. My personal joy is my priority. Now, that doesn't preclude me from helping and being supportive, which I've always done. But that is my that is my priority. I want to enjoy my life. Mm-hmm. I've worked really hard for many many years, and you know, running a business um, is its own it is its own work, and as you said, its own, is its own worries and all of that. And as I said, I, I support leaders and I support these. I support many causes in my own ways. But that hustling and stomping every day is not for me at this stage of my life. Yeah um maybe that will change or maybe not and i'm okay with that yeah so i think we're getting uh we're getting close to where we want to wrap up here but i wanted to um us david to ask to answer one last question if you could give anyone um, who's listening advice about taking a career break or a sabbatical um what would you what would you say
1: I think the the thing that's most important is to well, it, it really it, it to, you have to think about where your mind goes um, in terms of responsibilities and all those sorts of things. So I don't do not want to downplay the finances, the, all those things that are super important, um, that to take a break, you need resources. So to take stock of what do my savings look like? Uh, what, what does it look like for, you know, my partner, people in my life who can be supportive? Um, those sorts of things are really important. And then the other things are to take stock of what does it mean? What, what is your relationship to work and labor? And just start to ask yourself about what does this mean based on gender identity? What does this mean based on class identity? how does this look in my neighborhood, in my community, um, with my networks and my friends, just to be aware of what are the things that might come up, um, that could be barriers that could be supportive because you want to make sure that you're understanding your own relationship to these things, but also all the supportive relationships in your life that can be there for you as you, as you really consider this break. Um, and all that to say, just do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, um, even though all those things I said are important, like as everyone says, you need to, uh, in order to know how you are in relationship, you need to be in relationship. In order to know how you will be on a sabbatical or on a break, you need to be on a break. It doesn't However, have to be forever. Uh, it could be. <laughs> it could be, you know, something that leads you down a, d- down a d- very different path. Um but yeah, just, just taking stock before you, you take that leap and then just paying attention to what comes up for you while you're while you're on that
0: break. I love that. So
1: what about for you? Um Karina?
0: I think everything I second everything that you said <laughs> and I think planning, just doing some some planning and, and knowing what resources you have at your disposal, and you'd be surprised at the resources that you might have available to you. And I would also say you can also Always reach out to David or um, me or David um, if this is something that you're struggling with, and it's something that Sorry. you want to uh, that you want to do. Um, you certainly can feel free to reach out to us. Um, and I, I think what I what I will say though is be be honest with yourself, beloved. <laughs> be really, <laughs> really honest with yourself, and take stock of the stress and the pressures that you're under and how you're really feeling. And if you have that feeling of this is too much and I need a rest, I need a break, take a break. And there are lots of ways that even within your, um, your company or your organization that can support you in that. I mean, there's, there's lots of opportunities, not just your own money coming out of your own pocket to support you. There's lots of ways that you could make this work. And so um, I would say open your mind to the possibilities, ask around, reach out to perf- reach out to us. We've done it. Um, like I said, there's lots of support and resources that you're probably not even thinking about that could help you. And so um, but yeah, I would say just really do it and I know it can feel scary because especially if you were like me where you're always used to working and having a job, it can feel very scary to take. Um, to take a break when everyone's, you know, you know, saying there's there's a recession and people can't find jobs or whatever it is that that anxiety that other people might have. And to be able to tune that out and just focus on yourself, which for many of us can be hard to do. So uh, that's what I would say.
1: Yeah, that's great. And yeah, yeah, really second or third on the um, there are resources. There are ways when you're even, you know, you're still an employee, still on the W-2 you can take that that break so absolutely talk about
0: that too absolutely all right well that is it um for this episode um, thank you all so much for listening and um yeah just uh s- you know stick with us there's lots of conversations that we want to be having um around black folks in leadership and nonprofits. there's a lot to say so uh thanks for listening and um that's all for now
1: yes thank you Until next time.